Through It All podcast with host Connor Gleason. All right, what's good, guys? I'm here with my guy, Kai Parham. Um, Kai literally does everything. Dude's an actor, designs clothes, makes videos, and most importantly, like, I just love, like, the person you are. Man, thank and, you. Yeah, bro, I'm, I'm super... I appreciate it. Yeah, super stoked to have you, but so you were raised in Chicago. Wrong. Wrong? Yeah, so... Tell me. Man, honestly, I I am like a nomad at heart because, uh, so my dad coaches college basketball, and because Where of at? that, he's, he's at uh, DePaul now. Okay, he's yeah, big so time. he's at DePaul, and um, I just, my whole life, I've moved around. Um, the most time I ever spent, though, was in central Illinois, so that Champaign, Chicago, Bloomington area. I lived between those three places, and then even before that, I was in Minnesota as a child, like young, young child, and Chicago before then. So my home base is Chicago, so I mean, that's where all my family is, but I couldn't really wholeheartedly claim it, but that's, you know, when I go home, that's where I go. For sure. I feel you. I feel you. Um, so from, I'm just going to say the Midwest. Yeah. Does yeah, that work? We'll, we'll yeah. sell at the Midwest. Okay. Sure. So recently, you were featured in... As a co-star on a Netflix show, what was that called again? Uh, Colin in Black and White. And how was that? Man, uh... Netflix so, at 19, bro. That's insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I shot this um, last year, February, and, um, you know, obviously it was exciting to get back from, you know, all the COVID protocols and all that stuff. So, to be even blessed with that opportunity to be on a set where they're, like, allowing, you know in-person acting to happen was just a blessing in itself um but it just you know it was an amazing experience uh i got to see really you know how things moved uh what was expected of the actors the lead actors you know and it really just made me um really you know it, it made me more into it i guess you could say right and how'd you like get that part or how'd you like, did you apply for it? Did so, you? So yeah, so I'm mm-hmm. I'm blessed to have an agency uh, in LA, uh, KMR Talent, and through them they send me auditions, and you know roles that are fitting. So, I got this audition. Uh, at the time, I was um, in a festival, a school festival, um, doing some more theatrical stuff, and you know I auditioned, and they hit me back about two days after the audition. And yeah, I head to LA and and shot for about two weeks. Did you always want to be an actor? Absolutely. Um, I think, you know, when you're a kid, a lot of things come to mind when you want, like what you want to do. But uh, I just feel like entertaining has always been just in my blood, in my psyche, even before I knew that's what I wanted to do. Does that make sense? Right, right. So it, it's always been something that's been very. Uh, natural before it became like passionate mm. you know i got you how would you define success for you in kai's terms um man that's a good question could be just success as a definition in general or like what you want to get out of it man i life. think you know i feel like obviously everybody's uh success will be you know everyone would say financial stability and you know so that's always something that's um a great achievement to have but for me I just you know to know that something I've created has touched somebody in some type of way whether they've enjoyed it whether they've you know loved it saved their lives whatever it may be um I just think 
to know that I've done that on a large scale is what would be like where I can sit back and be like, I've done it. You know what I mean? Right. Cause you, but you've already done it though, right? Because cause I, I, I forgot I didn't finish the intro completely, mm-hmm. but I just got to let him know. So at, you're on Netflix at 19 years old mm-hmm. and you're also in Foot Locker. You have like your design in Foot Locker. And as of recent, I forgot the name of the Warriors player. That was wearing your design. What, what, like, just tell the whole situation. So you know better um, than I do. Yeah. So basically, uh, I was blessed to be a part of this drop. Um, so this brand called Influx had a collab with Foot Locker, and you know the guy who you know owns Foot Locker uh, kind of brought me on to the project and used some of my designs, and um, it just was a great experience to see you know, work that you've done and you've made, see it on other people. And obviously, you know, I got to support myself. There you go. Got to wear it when I'm in here and uh, talking to Connor, you feel me? So I just, uh, it was a, it was a surreal experience. And um, so, yeah, I I was super blessed to be able to do that. And, you know, it got picked up over the, or last semester. So uh, around the same time, February, March, um, and it got worked on all through summer, and finally was just dropped about a month ago. So it was just a really surreal feeling to see, you know, people wearing something that you've designed right. and something that you've designed to be held to such, you know, uh, high esteem. I guess you know uh, there was, as you said, the Warriors player that was wearing it the other day, and you know, there's just been a multitude of other people who enjoyed the shirt. You know. Um, I was talking to a friend and I was explaining that, you know, it hits different to see something that you've made in, in stores and, you know, on people's bodies. And then as I'm going to the store, uh, I saw somebody walk out with the shirt on. No way. Yeah, and that was just a moment that really clicked for me. And it just was like, man, like it almost brought me to tears because it was like, Damn. you know, people work very hard for those things. You know what I mean? And not to say that I'm not deserving or not to say that I didn't work hard for it, but it's like... Like, man, it just to sit back and be like, yo, you did that. And to genuinely pat yourself on the back, like, good job, you know? Yeah. So it just, you know, it's all been a great experience. But, you know, I just feel like there's levels to it, you know? Right. And I feel like, like you said, I, I am kind of already doing it, but I just want more. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I want to be able to to really uh, say that I've just really inspired some people, you know? Mm, not damn, that's deep, bro. Yeah. That's deep. Yeah. Now, if you told 12-year-old Kai, right, all these accomplishments that you've mm-hmm. stacked up only at 19, how would he respond? Um, uh, I don't know, man. He, At the time, at 12, I was a troublemaker, man. I, I really? stayed, yeah, I stayed in trouble Monday through Friday, man. My, my parents' phone would always ring with calls from the school, so uh-huh. uh, I, I'd probably just dust it off and be like, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, just even now thinking about it, it's still kind of like, it's hard to believe some stuff. Um, so, you know, at 20 now, I just turned 20 in the summer. I would just want to, like, double that. You know what I mean? Right. So that I can, once I'm at a place where I'm older, I can look back and be like, when you told your 19-year-old or 20-year-old self, what do you think he would say? And I want to be just as surprised as I am now then, you know? Mm. Were you always hungry, like, for that success, or um, did it, like, just kind of come upon you? I think, you know, being the younger brother, mm-hmm. so um, my young, my older brother is very uh, talented as well, 
I just come from really a family of talent, honestly, not to like toot my own horn, but my family is all great at something, you know what I mean? Right. And when you grow up in that environment and you grow up with people who have these high standards of themselves and, you know, they portray that, it leaves you no space but to be, you know, wanting that or to, you know, want to achieve that as well. So, you know, like I said, I was, I'm blessed to have a very talented brother myself, but that just was kind of, you know, fuel for me because I wanted to be better than whatever he was doing, you know, times 10. So, um... I started out playing basketball myself just because, you know, I wanted to see, like, how far it could take me. I didn't start playing basketball until I was in eighth grade. Wow. So very, very late. I just wasn't interested in it. And it started out as just being like, oh, I don't want to play because my brother plays. I want to do something different. But then when I kind of turned to it, I, I realized that, you know, it was fun for me. And I just, being able to play my brother and, like, the competition and stuff, just that aspect really made me even play longer than I thought I would. So, um, so yeah, so genuinely, just to bring it back full circle, it's truly just been in my my psyche to just be hungry for accomplishments, period, whatever they may be. Mm. Now, how, how long, like, were you on your basketball journey? Um, and then at, like, what point did you say, okay, I don't want to do this anymore, I want to do acting? And when you chose to do so, like, how was that transition of not being part of a team? Because you were basically on it your whole life. Yeah. For the high school and beyond. Yeah, so, so talk about um, that. So starting late, you know, you learn things late. So eighth grade to about my sophomore year of high school, I just was not the best at basketball, you know, and mm -hmm. it's a lot of standards that you have to live up to when your brother's playing basketball and co playing college basketball and your dad's at a D1 college coach, you know, I mean college uh, school, sorry, coaching. And, you know, that just makes you want to live up to those things, you know what I mean? And uh, so I was playing catch-up for the first kind of like three years of my basketball experience. And then, you know, I, I started getting more bearings around junior my junior year and senior year. And that's when I became way more confident in myself than, um, you know, what I had been in the past. And uh, truly, so I, I came to Concordia and I walked on my freshman year. And it was truly just to see if I could, um, just to see, like, where, where my skill level was at and if I could possibly do that. And, um, you know, I, I joke with people and say that the best acting gig I've ever had was acting like a basketball player <laughs> because I truly just, you know, it, for the longest, I just wasn't into basketball and I just, it, it didn't do anything for me. And, you know, when you, sometimes when you just challenge yourself or when you just try stuff, you never really know, you know, until you try it. So I, I really enjoyed it and it was great, but you know, freshman year, COVID 2019. And, um, as I'm at home, I just was like, I can't do both. Like I'm trying to, I would get out of practice here yeah. and take a train to L.A. to go try and audition and then come back later that night for 7 a.m. class the next morning and do it all over again, um, Monday through Friday. So it just, you know, it was a great experience that, you know, I'm blessed to say that I, I did because there's people I know that would love to play college basketball. Right. And um, so it, it truly just came down to, like, what is it that I want to do for the rest of my life? What is it that is going to push me closer to a goal now? Because my original goal had been met. I just wanted to see if I could do it, if I could compete, if I could, you know what I mean? And once I kind of got that, I felt like, you know, I had proven to myself what I need to prove. And at that point, you know, I'm 
out of my house so I don't feel like I have to live up to, you know, oh, coach is something, blah, blah, blah. Or I, I was, you know, not really glued to my brother like that, so I didn't really feel like I had to play because he was playing or anything like that. So I just, at that point, it was just purely for me. And when I realized, okay, I've played enough for me now, I just was like acting, 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 acting. And, you know, after I stopped with that, opportunities just started to come and I found myself more, you know, focused. Because when you split focused, you know, 50-50, something falls off. For sure. Um, so when I had the ability to really, like, hone in on that one thing, you know, some doors just started to open up to me, you know. How'd you know exactly that you didn't want to hoop anymore? Like, was it something in your heart was telling you or did you, like, was it, okay, I know for sure I don't want to play basketball anymore. I want to act. Um, so, like, don't get me wrong. I, I still love the game. I play pickup literally every day. Right. Um, Kai can, Kai's a hooper, dude. <laughs> Kai's a hooper. We yeah. played first day of school. Yeah, that was fun. Know, so I, I, I still, I still play, as you know. But it just kind of, it felt like it was just a difference, you know. And and when I was doing one or the other, so donkey work, you know, grueling work is grueling work. You know, nobody likes to run laps. Nobody likes to sprint. Nobody, likewise, nobody likes to learn lines. Nobody likes to do blocking. You know, you like to perform, you like to play the games, you like to be on the stage, right? And for me, the difference was I would be in practice and be like, man, like, when is this going to end, you know? Right. And I would I would play, when I would play, it would be fine. But, you know, when I'm sitting, you know, watching drills, waiting for my turn to, you know, run laps and stuff, I'd be like, golly, like, this is a lot, you know? Right. And I love, I like the game of basketball, but I didn't love it. Mm. I love acting, I love performing, you know, I love entertaining. Because even when I am learning my lines or am sitting through the, the long six to eight hour rehearsals and and trying to figure out you know my blocking and what my character feels you know all the grueling stuff of acting um i still felt you know a sense of like let's get this work you know what i mean right so it just was a truly different feeling between the two of them and you know it was like okay this is great but this is amazing you mm-hmm. know you talked about like competing in in basketball how like smooth of a transition was it to compete in acting like it's a different game but like the same mindset same mindset so like in what ways do you does the word competing stick out to you in 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 the sense of acting for me it's still you know it's all still the same thing you know you're trying to push yourself to be the best person that you can be for whatever opportunity may come you know you practice that same move over and over and over again and you know when you're reading lines when you're auditioning you're practicing those same moves over and over and over again that you've done in the mirror you've rehearsed with other people you've practiced hour after hour you know so it's the same type of thing um performing and you know basketball it's just like it it boils down to who's going to show up and who's not going to so either you're going to perform or you're not when the big stage when you're on the big stage either you're going to be there or you're not either you're going to be present or you're not either you're going to score or you're not so for me it wasn't really a hard transition I just sometimes have to find myself like wheeling back the competition because I'm like, okay, this is not about me being better than you. You know what I mean? Like I just, I can find myself to be sometimes like too competitive, you know? Mm. So Now you said in, in that moment you're either going to perform or you're not. So I'll, we'll circle back into like every brilliant thing and how you got to that. But like, let's just go straight into it. So Actually, just give a brief summary to everyone who's listening what Every Brilliant Thing was about and what so, you had to do. Uh, Every Brilliant Thing is a one-man show that I was blessed to do at Concordia. Um, it is a informative piece. It is a comedic piece. And it is um, a piece that really was um, you know, put together through the school at a perfect time. So 
the content of the uh, piece is about um, suicide and you know how to deal with that and, and you know um, it follows uh, a narrative narrator who talks about his life from a kid to an adult uh, dealing with his suicidal mother and as I mentioned it's a comedy and there's nothing funny about that but it just is this this great line and balance of information and entertainment that you know make up the show so uh, it was a great experience and um, you know like I said it, it I, I got the opportunity to maybe touch some people's hearts in that moment but you know still let them know that this is a very real thing that people deal with you know day in and day out real for real like I was I was there I saw the whole thing and it was like it was incredible mm. honestly genuinely incredible like what what was it an hour long yeah more it was probably more right it was an hour and some change man like hour and 15 maybe now it's funny because everyone who was there they see one hour Talk about all the preparation that went into it. And I remember, like, seeing you last year. Yeah. Like, you were working on your lines mm-hmm. outside in the amphitheater. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, I'm doing a show in, like, whatever, four months, yeah, five months. Yeah, yeah, And it's like, that's insane, dude. Yeah, man. So what was we that work like? So we were doing uh, six to eight-hour days over summer. So we'd come in, knock it out, and, you know, I'd go home and read through my lines again. And it just was truly a... A challenge just because I've never done anything like that before in my life. I've never done a one-man show. And I just think, you know, the pressure was, it was a great amount of pressure just because it was like, at the end of the day, if it goes wrong, I have nobody to blame but myself. Mm. So the amount of discipline that had to go into that show, um, for me to feel free on the stage was like, you know, something that I didn't have, I hadn't had to tap into. You know what I mean? Right. And granted, if I could do it again, there were some things I, I would do differently, and I would probably, you know, make my minor, my minor, you know, uh, changes. But, you know, through the preparation, I felt like all six shows that we had weekend to weekend went as good as they could have, you know, with our preparation. Yeah, that there was it was ridiculous because you could just see how rehearsed that was, and mm-hmm. I was I was like just blown away because I even. I literally called my parents. I was like, "Yo, this this show that I went to was crazy." Cuz you had to you had to memorize all those lines. You had to, those numbers. So tell them a little bit about the numbers that you so, had. So, um so for the show to work, there has to be a um there has to be an audience and there has to be audience participation. And that's because there is a list of numbers that are numbered from one to, I think the last number is 999,999. And I pass out those numbers uh, to the audience. And I call out the numbers as I'm doing the play. So, you know, one line may be um, 256,257. And once I call that number, the person in the audience says the corresponding uh, note card. And, you know, that was something that was very tough to try and learn every single number and make sure I got them on beat and got them right and, you know, at again an element i've never dealt with before in my life yeah that was that was insane like how did you even deal with the pressure of just being like okay this is all on me like if i mess up this all on me so even in the summer were you like thinking about that yeah absolutely i felt like it was a very defining moment because um when you don't do something for a long time um and you're not proving to yourself Mm -hmm. uh self-doubt comes in and self-sabotage comes in. So up until that point, I hadn't done anything 
you know, on stage to that magnitude. I had done a, a one man, I mean, a, I'm sorry, a one act uh, the semester before that, but that was only one act, so not even 30 minutes. Um, so, you know, when you really have that time to prove to yourself and, you know, really show yourself like, oh, like this is who you are, this is what you can do. Um, it's just truly a, a great, like a great feeling to have. So for me, it was just like, you know, either you're gonna do it or you're not. And this is gonna decide if you're who you think you are and if you're not. So, you know, every rehearsal that's in the back of my mind, but it was just like, look, the more scared you are, the more worried you are, you're proving to yourself that you're not what you are. You know what I mean? Shit, that's deepest. You know what that's I mean? deep. You know bro. what I'm saying? So that's it's deep. like it kind of was like, you know, and I keep saying this every time I talk about this show, that it's um, you know, your true your your the biggest competition is yourself. The biggest competition is yourself. So through the show, you know, yes, I'm trying to learn lines and blocking and all that stuff, but I'm also fighting self sabotage. I'm in my own way. Oh, I don't want to rehearse today. Oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do. You know what I mean? You're really are your best opponent. You are your true, like, you know, you can be your biggest fan or your biggest enemy. You just have to, you know, recognize when, when, you know, who's coming up to bat when the time comes. And what did those thoughts look like for you? Like, okay, so when was your first show on a Friday? It was a Friday night, right? Yeah. First one. So that whole week, I'm sure your mind's oh, like, you're running through the thoughts. Man. So like, what, what is, because er, naturally everyone has negative thoughts, like mm -hmm. no matter who you are, they're always going to come up, it's just how you deal with them. Yeah. So what were, I guess, an example of some thoughts that you had and how did you deal with those? Man, I was, uh, <laughs> I was worried that I would forget my lines. I was worried that I wouldn't have a full house. I was worried that, you know, I put all this work in and perform for my friends and my friends and family would see me and be like, hey, maybe acting's not what we need to do. You know wow. what I mean? I was thinking That's all the real. worst things and you know, and I uh, I truly was just in my own way. So, you know, Monday to Thursday I was, you know, really giving myself the 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 hard like, you know, truths just because, you know, you want to tell yourself that, you know what I mean, before anyone else can prepare yourself to be let down. Um, but you know, Friday came around and I was like, now is your chance. Either you're who you think you are or you're not. Either you're going to perform or you're not. So it, it just boiled down to like, what are you going to do? So I kind of let everything go and just, you know, I just did it. You know what I mean? And um, when you're passionate about something and you're doing something you're passionate about, it's almost like, uh, I think the word, I could be wrong, but I think it's like astral projection. Like f my opening night felt like I watched the show from the audience. Does that make sense? Wow. So I performed, but like, I, and I was there, obviously, but right. I just felt like I was watching myself perform. Watching myself, like, like feeling, you know, surprised at how well I was doing. Or feeling surprised that, you know, I wasn't doing any of the things that I had mentally prepared myself to fail. And, and I wasn't doing all the things that I had mentally prepared myself to go wrong with. And... I just, it, it just was a crazy experience, like, truly. Damn, dude, that's, that's insane. Mm -hmm. Like, wh what was that moment like? So, you're in center stage, it's, well, it was at 7.30, right? Mm -hmm. 7.30, spotlight turns on, if you can remember what was, like, your thoughts. I'm telling you, I just, I really just let go, and, like, not to be cliche, but, like, let go and let God, because, like, I knew, you know, 
what work I had put into it. I knew the time I had put into it, and I told myself that I was like, look, you know, you either you think you've got the talent or you don't, but now you have to see if you do. So truly, when the lights come on and I start speaking, I just felt like I took a back seat and just let my body do what it had worked on, you know, for the last two months. And I just like, I, I don't even know how to explain it, man. It's like the, you know, I'm, I'm performing, I'm performing, and then the lights go to black and all the claps, and then I get back into my body. I'm like, oh my God, that was great. You know what I mean? Right. Does that make sense? Like, I kind of snap out of it. Mm -hmm. Like, not, not to be like, oh, like an alter ego or like a Sasha Fierce or anything like that, but it just truly felt like I was watching myself perform. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it was out of, um, you know, nervousness or, uh, uh, you know, extraordinary circumstances. You know, I'm in a round of a... Of a uh, theater never did that before so eyes are on you at all times like, I don't know maybe I don't know but I just know that it was experience that you know is very it's different for everybody mm -hmm. and just for me it just felt like I was enjoying the show with you all right that's 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 awesome man what what's your ultimate dream for like just I guess just your life and acting as a whole for my life, I want to be able, you know, I want to be as versatile as possible. Um, I want to be able to be recognized for, you know, obviously the things I'm good at. Um, but I want to be able to not be pigeonholed to one thing. And um, <laughs> I always bring up Shaq when I bring up this, situ this uh, conversation just because this guy does so many different things. He was an actor, he was an NBA all-star, he was a chef, he's a doctor, he's a blah, 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 whatever it may be, a DJ, all these things, right? And I just think it's great when people are like, oh, that's so-and-so the DJ. And they're like, wait, no, it's not. I don't know him from there. I know him from here. This is so-and-so the um, basketball player, whatever it may be. So that ability to just, you know, truly do so many different things at once, like, that's what I want. Like, people to be like, oh, like he's great at this, he's great at that, he's great, you know what I mean? Like, I want to be able to leave stuff behind for people to be like, you know, to not run out of things that I may have, you know, uh, what's the word? I may have uh, not empowered them, but um, not influenced, I just said it earlier, uh, encouraged them or whatever, um, mm -hmm. you know. Right. But truly just to be like, to leave things behind that are like really uh, thought provoking. Mm. So I feel like that's my overall goal period is just to be as versatile as possible. But um, for acting, I think it would be, you know, series regular or, you know, a blockbuster movie. And you know, I feel like that's very general stuff. But I just want to be recognized as, you know, one of the you know, greats of acting, you know, people that are like, oh, you have to see this movie, or, you know, uh, this is a, a decade-defining movie, like, things like that, you know what I mean? Like, I right. want to be able to, I want to be a part of that just because I know in my heart that that is who I am, you mm -hmm. know, and I think that's who I will be. Yeah. You feel me? Dude, I, I, I 100% believe it, too. Bro, I, that show, that, like, I just keep thinking back to it, I was like, this dude really had a monologue by himself, obviously that's what a monologue is, but it was like, you're up there by yourself yeah. for 60 minutes, and the confidence you displayed was, was, like, it was, it was 
mind-boggling, dude. Man, thank you. Like, it's it was so cool to just be a whole part of that and, and see you just do your thing. That's like, it was like the ultimate flow. Like, I, I was getting chills, I, I man. Really that, was, that. that was dope. But we'll finish. We're going to finish with the three, through it all three. So just like three questions at the end. Um, first one is a little 180 from mm. what we've been talking about. Favorite Disney princess? My favorite Disney princess, Princess Jasmine. Princess Jasmine. Yeah. It, I, I, oh, no. Uh-oh. <laughs> Wait, what's the princess from The Princess and the Frog? Uh, yeah, it starts with the T. Tiana? Yeah. Princess Tiana, I yeah. think? Yeah. I don't know. I don't I want to get grilled is. in the comments. <laughs> I think it's Tiana. Princess Tiana, Princess and the Frog. Okay, yeah. yeah. For sure. All right, second question. If you could have lunch with any three people, they could be from the past, they could be from now, who would you be and what meal would you get? Man, I would probably have... I would have lunch with Michael Jackson. Malcolm X. And Stan Lee. And then... And and it would be over, like, Portillo's or something. Okay. Hot dogs, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And then, last last one, um, one I kind of always like to end with. Um, what advice would you give to yourself at your lowest point? Um, if I could talk to myself at my lowest point, I would genuinely tell him to feel it now, but remember, you know who you are, and remember where you're from, and. Um, You know, the cliche, things get better, you know what I mean? Um, but I, I truly just would, would grill to him that all this stuff is temporary. And, uh, you know, you're on, you're, you're destined for greater things, for sure. Mm. I love it. Love it, Kai. Thank you, man. No, thank you, man. Thanks for being it. willing to uh, hop on the podcast. Wish you nothing but the best. And I, I just know, I know for a fact, bro, you're going to make it in whatever thank you decide. You, yes, thank sir. You. Likewise. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir.